Welcome to the Chasing Thoughts podcast. Listen in as Mindy, Keith, and their guests take a deep dive into their own minds and souls to investigate the beauty of imperfection, challenge their beliefs, and embrace the richness of living a truly authentic life. Welcome to Chasing Thoughts. Hey, so... Last week, we uh, we filmed uh, episode three of the Chasing Thoughts podcast with Pat Cooper, um, and it was just such an awesome conversation. What was your biggest takeaway, Mindy? My biggest takeaway was just what a delight it was to spend an hour with Pat, and it made me just sort of double down on this belief I have that it's not what we do, it's who we are that makes all the difference, because who he was, his presence. I just thought that that spoke volumes about who he was as a business leader, right? As I'm sure a husband, if he's a father, right? Like he didn't get into things, but it was so clear that as a human, he was a good human. And I love that. Yeah. There was nothing forced about anything. Everything was just very natural. And it even just now made me think of leadership how a lot of times leadership can seem a little pushy, but being able to make people feel comfortable and welcome into a conversation is, I think, just a, a natural talent that he seemed to have. It was really cool. Yeah. yeah, he's clearly a leader in his industry when you look at his resume and everybody he's helped and things he's done. But yeah, I think people, when you when you listen to this episode, there's something we can learn from him about just showing up. Yes, definitely. Hey, everybody. Uh, welcome to the Chasing Thoughts podcast. Um, today, we have uh, Pat Cooper that's joining us. Um, he is a master digital marketer um, with over 10 years experience. And his, his story is so interesting. In his bio, he uh, came from dropped out of community college to become this massive uh, digital marketer. So we're so excited to have him on the show. Welcome, man. Thanks for coming on. Thank you. You are gloating my ego right now, hearing master <laughs> and, and mastery. That's <laughs> so great to hear. Yeah, yeah. Um, so would you mind starting with just that story, like how you came from that, um, dropping out of community college to building this this business that you have today, just kind of giving us a little rundown of, of how that went? Yeah, it's a fun story. So when I was in high school, uh, I did horribly. I really wasn't that good at school. I was planning on actually going to West Point, uh, joining the military. And I was like, yeah, probably not for me. <laughs> that's, a, that, that's pretty intense. So I ended up enrolling in a local community college. And uh, I studied directing and, and acting and theater. I loved the creativity behind that, which led into marketing. Um, but I, I did horrible again, just because I was learning English and math and science. And I was like, I don't care about any of this at all. So I ended up getting in trouble with like the dean and he like talked to me and I was like, yeah, this isn't for me. So I ended up uh, gracefully dropping out. Um, and I was working at Target in the back room at Target at the time, and I saw an ad uh, online that's like, oh, if you want to uh, earn $10 to write an article. And I was like, surely that's not real. <laughs> that's not real at all. Like, I have to go lift things and, and do stock inventory and stuff to make money. Yeah. Um, but it was real. 
um even though it wasn't for you know the best writing jobs available but i was always intrigued with english and writing i love the creativity um i loved the you know creative world behind it it was always really interesting to me so i ended up you know building uh, a bit of a, a content career which got my start I started, uh, you know, writing for Textbroker International and Deluxe Corporation, some other financial companies, uh, working with small businesses. Um, I've written some content for uh, Boston uh, Veterinary Hospital and some other uh, local businesses. It was fun. It's, it's kind of like you're fulfilling your passion of writing, but also you're helping out these small businesses, growing their awareness, growing their pipeline, which... Um, was really fun. You kind of have that nice impact there. Um, and then that kind of, you know, grew into some temp work at MIT. And that somehow uh, landed me a product manager role um, at a, a global cybersecurity publication, which was outstanding. And then it kind of just blossomed from there. I kind of got marketing job after marketing job. I did Upwork. Um, I you know, have just been getting jobs after jobs after jobs on there, people looking for a skilled strategist, uh, which is something that I've kind of built my education and skill set around um, building up marketing strategies and, and planning and activations and launch work. And that really helped not only build up some, you know, side hustle money to pay off the, the dropping out of community college, but uh, also um, advancing my skill set for my career in my nine to five, which has been, um, you know, a really great experience. I will note, I did end up going back to college a few years after to wrap up the rest of my degree. But the important thing is that I did start by dropping out. <laughs> I did take that first that first step by saying, screw it. You know, I'm going to do things my way. Your career is not uh, linear <laughs> at all. It's a squiggly line. Um, and, you know, you're going to hit road bumps, which I did. Um, but, you know, just got to have fun with it, I guess. Yeah, that that is it's such an amazing story to hear. Um the the creative side of that how when you look it into like drama the writing um and it seemed like i mean because from what i understand too like that creativity helps us become the authentic person that we are me and mindy were talking prior to like what do you what to you what is the role of authenticity in in marketing and that creativity in marketing how does that help I think it's just about being human, you know, bringing your human element to it. Um, I was chatting with someone about this the other day, actually, like being authentic by um, disrupting the marketplace. And it's all about bringing your human self to work, um, doing things that are different. You know, your career is different than another person's career. And in marketing itself, it's about tapping into that human element you know, to get technical, it's, you know, bring in case studies and social proof and uh, everything that connects your product and your service to actual people and their stories. And by doing that in marketing, you can tap into your own story, which is really powerful and really effective. I love yeah. what you said too, um, disrupt, being authentic and disrupting the market. I love that. Um, go, go ahead, Minnie. I just wanted to like, that just kind of blew my mind. I was like, yeah, yeah I loved that too, but I didn't want to let too much time pass before just really holding space for what you said about career, not being linear. Mm. I believe that that's something that's changing in recent generations mm -hmm. and that there are people who are still struggling with this outdated belief system 
that they need to have a linear career or they need to know what they're going to do by the time they're 20. And so I just wanted to like grab a hold of what you said in case anybody's listening that's struggling with that and just recognize that as an outdated belief system, right? Careers aren't linear. You can reinvent yourself over and over again. And I think that mindset piece is something I want to dig into in a minute, but I also loved what you said about disrupting the marketplace. And I had a similar thought, like how beautiful is it that, you know, in the fifties you went to work and you shut that off, man, (laughs) right? You did not bring being human to work at all. (laughs) And now our culture has evolved to the point where we're recognizing that first and foremost, we're all humans sharing this human experience. And it seems to me that a lot of times people get in this state of mind that the world is in a bad place right now. So whenever I see the nugget that shows how we've evolved positively, I like to shine some light on it. Like, look here, guys, we actually evolved in a positive direction, showing up as our more full selves, both at home and in our professional lives. How cool is that? It's it's definitely uh, more pleasurable than it has been in, in previous decades. Um, yeah, work is more fun these days, right? <laughs> Yeah. And do you ever, you know, sort of see that generational difference as you work with clients who are younger and older and how those belief systems have changed? And does that impact your work with with people? Yeah. You know, it's kind of interesting because you can kind of work on transitioning them out. Like, we don't need to think like this. Like, we can think like this. And it's it's a bit of a struggle transitioning some people out of that mindset. But Sometimes it's a good mindset to be in, you know, when you need to double down on certain things. But, you know, I think there's a good balance between the two. But yeah, I definitely try to transition people into being more authentically themselves, you know, whether it's a coworker to coworker interactions or, you know, working with a collective of people, but also marketing as a whole, being more authentic, you know, uh, like I, I I had a call with uh, another person the other day. You don't need to be Duolingo on social media. You don't need to be this like really crazy, um, you know, standout sort of uh, user or, you know, kind of uh, uh, market icon. But, you know, you can just be yourself, you know, uh, and, and bring that sort of real self to work and real self within um, the marketing work that you're doing. <laughs> Yeah, I think this is so funny because so I'm 44 and I owned my own business for a long time, you know, back in 2010 when I was like putting up posters, then I was executive director for a while, then I went back into business for myself and that was like the social media had risen in that gap. Mm-hmm. And so I had to do social media and it was so foreign to me and I had that idea like okay, well I have to be professional and I have to be the expert. So I'm going to get a green screen and like put this up behind me and I'm going to read off a teleprompter on my phone, just totally out of touch with what it really took to show up on social media. Mm-hmm. And I know personally, that was a huge learning curve for me. And, you know, just like we talked about a couple of minutes ago, letting go of that old belief systems and old ways of being coming from the professional world and going into this piece of business that exists now. 
Yeah, it's been such a relief for me too. The past few years, I started out the same way when I first got started doing more freelance and and uh, honing more my nine to five. I I did the green screen. I I did the you know nice blue colored shirt, and then um, I recently moved to Florida, and I was like, oh, you yeah, know, screw it. Uh, you know, my profile picture is now like in a black t shirt. I got tattoos. Like behind me is like Tropicana Stadium in Florida, and like downtown Tampa. And I'm like, oh, you know what? Like I, I like to bring those personal elements to my work and and being on camera and kind of like you you get to know me a bit more, which is uh, really nice without even having to explain it. Um, so I think it's so much more, more pleasant than, you know, having a green screen or like uploading a zoom background, like just forget it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I remember when I, when I started, um, with my own business, I had the, my first profile picture was like a logo. Um, <laughs> and I didn't even want my face on camera at all. You know, I wanted to put up a picture and do like a voiceover or something so that nobody can see me. You know, and then I slowly sort of evolved to that it was a nice picture of me, you know, to now my uh, a friend of mine created a logo for me where I, I look like I'm in this trippy space type thing. I got uh, my hoodie on. I'm smoking a, a long pipe and every, you know, and I'm so I'm the stoner life coach and, and just accepting like that's who I am, you know, and it's not going to resonate with some people, but it's who I am, you know, and it'll find the people that it needs to. And so that, yeah, that evolution that, that happened where I became more comfortable um, like that, that's pretty cool. And when you build a business off that, it's like, oh, isn't that more fun? <laughs> like, isn't that yes. so much more fun if you can actually like monetize that and build that and scale that it's like, wow, I'm glad I went in that direction because the other direction would have sucked. <laughs> yes. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. You actually brought something up that I'm curious and I have a question uh, for you. Somebody said to me once that you should expect 30% of people not to like what you're doing, right? Mm -hmm. And that that could actually be a metric for how big you're living or how big you're building your business is that if everybody likes you, you're not pushing the limits enough. Mm -hmm. So from a marketing point of view, would you say that's true? Yeah. I mean, not everyone's going to like your product or service. Of course, you have to make your product or service appeal to your target consumer, your target audience, or else you're not going to make any money. Um, but I think it's totally fair that you're not going to appeal to everyone. You're not going to be the right fit for everyone. But I mean, that's less life. That's business. Um, you know, if you're noticing that that 30% is turning into 50 or 60, obviously, there are some changes to make. But um, I think that's totally on point there. <laughs> So let's dig into mindset a little bit because, so I have a similarity with you where I was a high school dropout. I got my GED. I don't, I don't mm -hmm. call that dropout. Then I went to the early admin, did like my college years from 16 to 18, but I was just taking whatever classes I wanted, right? Mm -hmm. Like Russian literature or something weird I was interested yeah. in, you know? So never got a college degree. That being said, I have owned four of my own businesses most of my life, I've made more husband, more money than my husband who has two degrees, right? So this idea that there's not one path, mm -hmm. what is the mindset that you had to have in order to go along your path? Yeah. So I think the mindset I adopted was like, why not try? Like, why not try it? And, you know, the benefit is that it, of course it worked. Um, but 
it was scary at first. Uh, you know, I left the retail world to take on more of a freelance sort of space and it ended up working out pretty well for me, but there are periods where it's like, oh, the, I'm not getting any work. I'm not getting this and that. So it, it gets a little nerve wracking, but then, you know, things pick up and I'm, you know, fortunate enough that my, uh, you know, my nine to five work, you know, picked up. I worked with startups, uh, agencies. I currently work for um, a SaaS company. So it's it's been really encouraging for the direction I went in, but I think you just have to try, you know, like, I think you just have to take that first step and say, hmm, I want to do this. So I'm going to do it and try to do it and give yourself like a timeline of like three to six months. If it doesn't work out, you can fall back and say, oh, you know what? I actually like this other thing. I'm going to go try that because you never want to end your career at like 60, 70. I know it's getting older and older as we went to 2024 and 2025, but you don't want to look back and say, I kind of wish I tried that or I kind of wish I tried this because you're just going to regret things. Yeah. Yeah, I really heard you say three things. So I just want to repeat them back to you because I think it's similar for the mindset that I had for my journey, which was what mm -hmm. I was curious about. Why not try? Like you have to be able to just jump out there and do things. Absolutely. And then pivoting, like having this healthy relationship with failure, where if it doesn't work out, it's not a big deal. You're not beating yourself up. You're going, okay, I'm going to try something else. I think that that's a key part of it. And then third, you you didn't say this, but this is what I heard, being comfortable, being uncomfortable, right? Mm. Knowing that, yeah, sometimes it's going to work. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes money's going to come. Sometimes it's not, but not having to hold on to that security, mm -hmm. you know, sort of like that uh, quote that I always say, Keith, the bird doesn't trust the branch. It trusts its own wings, right? Yeah. You can't be relying on the branch, which is sort of what would be in this case, you know, a career where you're guaranteed something. Instead, you rely on your own wings and you know that whatever happens, you're going to be able to navigate it. I like that a lot. I think that translates well into marketing too, where you have to really build your personal brand um, as a as a sort of a platform for employers or clients, whoever else. You can't trust, you know, LinkedIn or X or Upwork or Fiverr independently. You have to trust yourself and you have to really build your personal platform um, that you can rely on for growth and scaling your business because you can only trust yourself. You can't trust all these other external factors that may completely like change your career path. So what is that actually mean? Like if somebody's listening right now and they hear the word personal brand, which we've all heard a thousand times, like, what does that mean? What, what are the three things somebody would do to start to build their personal brand? Yeah. So it's how others perceive you. It's what they look to you for. So for me, it may be marketing advice. Um, I worked with a lot of college students at the American Marketing Association. So it may be um, an outlook on the marketing career landscape or helping them, you know, find their path within the marketing and business environment. Um, or it can be, you know, really anything that you're offering. So to get that started, uh, it's a lot of, you know, defining what you want to do, what you want to lean into. For me, it was a lot of marketing support and marketing strategy and consulting and stuff like that. So um, I did a lot of freelance work that kind of helped set the foundation for my career. Um, I started posting a lot more on LinkedIn, posting a lot more on X, so kind of building up that social media presence. So it's not just one thing, it's a, you know, full encompassing, you know, sort of 
uh, brand or sort of like personal platform that you have to create for yourself. Hmm. Yeah, that's beautiful. It's just going back to that same piece of authenticity, what you're passionate about, what you're good at, right? Mm -hmm. That's what you're sharing with the world. Hmm. I like that. Yeah, I never, I never looked at like a personal brand. I think in 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 the same way because I always thought of it like whenever I heard that before I started this, I was like, I I can't stand this stuff, you know, mm -hmm. personal brand, you know, this this hipster stuff, you know. But now I'm like, you're, it's it's your identity. You're selling mm -hmm. yourself. The brand is like who you are, and I love the fact that we're in this in this time frame in this day and age where we can monetize our own identity, you know, mm -hmm. as people, like the brand just doesn't have to be this massive corporation that tries to manipulate us into feeling this scarcity so that we buy their product, but we can just, we can sell ourselves, you know, on our information. It's, it's, that's such a cool thing. And it's not always easy. I mean, I, I never really posted that much on, on social media. I'm not a big social media person. I force myself to be a social media person because that's, you know, a key point of, you know, building up my own brand by engaging with people and connecting with people. But, you know, it does take time. It takes energy. It takes effort, but eventually it pays off and you're like, okay, well, I guess I see the, the output and return there, but you know, it's not always the easiest thing. So getting started, it does take some time and energy and resources. What would you say about that piece of balance, right? I think everybody struggles with too much time on screens, too much time on their phone. So when you're working with clients or even for yourself and social media and your phone and screens are part of your job, what sort of rules do you have to keep a healthy balance there? Yeah, so I try to block off my calendar with different times, focusing on different tasks, on different projects, um, just to have some sort of balance and structure to my workspace. Do not disturb on my phone is a big feature that I use, so I'm not easily distracted like talking on this podcast today. I have everything off. Do not disturb. Do not get distracted while I am in conversation because that's very easy for me. Um, but it's just kind of eliminating everything. Um, in my apartment, I sectioned off this office for myself. So I have this singular space where I can work. I can close the door at the end of the night. I can walk to the kitchen or the bedroom. I'm not distracted by work or projects. Um, so I think it's about kind of siloing off what work is and sectioning off where your personal life begins and making sure that you're prioritizing your personal life more than your work life, because it does not have to be a hundred percent work as most, you know, personal brands kind of like show themselves off as tweeting like 24 seven. Um, you can find that balance and it's very, very important. Yes. Thank you so much for saying that your personal life comes first I experienced burnout when I was an executive director and I had heard that word, but didn't know what it actually felt like when you put your work life before your personal life for an extended period of time. I would say it probably took me over a year to recover from that, like from being in that state of burnout and having my nervous system just totally wrecked, learning how to put myself first. And so I just, again, wanted to shine light on what you just said there, because I think that's really important. And now in the work that I do, I realize that if I'm not doing my 
self-care, my personal life first, I'm not even showing up. I'm showing up at like 40% capacity of Mindy here, right? Mm -hmm. And really recognizing how important that is. It's so important. I shared a post which got a lot of engagement a few weeks ago or maybe a month ago where when I was in my, like the height of my freelance career, um, I was a contract product manager for a company and um, I was hospitalized for a week with uh, epileptic migraines and I was, I had a computer. I had a computer right in my lap in the hospital taking calls and uh, I had nurses doing blood work while I was like doing tasks on like Microsoft uh, Word and it was a horrible experience and uh, it was very traumatizing and that kind of sparked that whole like, okay, time to change things. I can't do that again. Yes, exactly. And I think that's another area where a lot of people struggle because we live in this culture that's tells us, okay, work and then have a side hustle on top of working mm -hmm. and then do that, right? And it's glorified how busy you are. And mm -hmm. so I always feel like, those of us who are choosing to detach from that, we're kind of like the rebels. Yeah. <laughs> it's so important to like monetize everything, everything you do. You like running, yes. start a running channel. You like dogs, get a dog and create an Instagram for your dog. Like it's, it's definitely gotten worse and worse over the years. And you have to be like, you know what? No, I'm going to turn my phone off. I'm going to go hang out with friends. I'm going to go for a run, you know, just focus on uh, building up, um, you know, yourself and your health first, your, your mental health, especially these days with everyone being remote or hybrid. Uh, it's never been more important. Yeah, so I think it's a, it's a slippery slope that we can get into, especially with a personal brand, you know, where it ends up becoming sort of dominating our entire life where now just my identity as myself trying to do, do like uh, work my passion um, and and have that become an income income stream for me ends up becoming the work that we're trying to get out of. Mm -hmm. You know, it just dominates our life and causes a lot more problems. Completely. Yeah, that's the balance, right? Figuring out how to weave it into your hikes and into your vacations and into your, and also create boundaries so you have your own little private time. And I think- I don't think anybody's the expert on that yet, right? This is too new for all of us. We're all trying to figure that out as social media is this big rise in a way that people are making an income and promoting their business. And there's no perfect formula. Everyone's different. Everyone's careers and, you know, home life and work life is different depending on what you're doing. So you just have to find what works for you. And like we said at the beginning, you know, try something out, try a different formula for your work and home life. If it doesn't work, pivot, go back, try something different until you find something that really works for you. Yeah. So I have a question about listening because mm -hmm. there was a small time in my life when I was trying to do all sorts of things, walking dogs, building websites. And when I started building websites for folks, I thought, oh, this is fun. Like, I love being creative and building sites. This will be great. Meeting with people and hearing what they want and then me creating what I thought they said, I realized there was this huge gap that I had not identified where I was doing a lot more work than I had to because my listening skills and my question asking skills, right, to really understand them wasn't quite there. Is that your experience and how do you work with clients and make sure that 
what you're hearing is what they're saying. Yeah, especially when I previously worked for an agency, listening was very, very important. When you're working with a quarter to a million, you know, dollars in ad spend across multiple channels, like your listening skills have to be top. Um, and I, I've been told before, like, oh, you're, you're so quiet. Like you just like sit in meetings, you just listen. I'm like, yes, because I am listening <laughs> because that is what I'm in the meeting for. Like, I'm not here to butt heads. I'm not here to, you know, blab on and make the meeting two times as long as it needs to be. I am listening. I am taking notes. I am evaluating what needs to be done because I think that's, you know, very underrated. I feel like in a lot of meetings, you know, whether you're in a big company, a small company, whether you're just one off with a client, if you're not talking, you're not engaging. But I think that listening is one of the biggest signs of engagement. Absolutely. I love that. Very well yeah. said. So tell us a little bit more about exactly what you do now. Like what kind of clients are finding you? If people want to work with you, what does that look like? Help mm -hmm. flesh out the now of your business. Yeah. So my business has definitely shrunk a lot more uh, as I have taken on a nine to five. Um, I usually, you know, take on some, some client projects in the evenings and the weekends, really whenever I want them. I did take a big break from taking on clients a few years ago. And I came back to like my, my work inbox and I just got emails and emails and emails. I want to work with you. I want to work with you. I was like, okay, I guess I got to set something up. I got to set up some sort of process for that because the demand was just um, so high. Um, so it, it's been an interesting experience, you know, finding the balance between, you know, multiple jobs and what that looks like. But I think by now, whether you're in corporate, whether you have, you know, some sort of job, retail, side hustles are everywhere. Like you cannot survive without a side hustle. Like I am paying off medical bills and school bills and all that. And it's like not a one single job is going to be able to cut it. And I don't want to lose my home. Um, so it, it's been super helpful, you know, taking on clients and, you know, finding work. And, you know, most of the time I just get people reaching out to me on Upwork or through my, uh, my website email, um, and just saying, Hey, you look great. Like I want to work with you. My marketing is a mess and I have no idea what to do. Can you help me? And a lot of it, it's not even, you know, a ton of, you know, hands-on work where I'm working till like midnight. A lot of the work is listening and hearing their struggles and the issues that they're, you know, uh, headstrong into, especially with 2024, a lot has changed from last year in marketing. Um, so it's a lot of listening and it's a lot of just pushing them in the right direction. Yes. It's very much like coaching in that respect yes. right? is what we do a lot of, so your business coaching, in addition to doing sort of marketing work. Yes. <laughs> so I would also really love to hear about your podcast. Can we talk about that just for a minute? Is it yes. over Brands? Brands over brews? Something <laughs> like that. So it's called Brands Over Brews. Um okay. essentially weekly episodes with marketing and business leaders talking about their strategies that they use in the day-to-day, -day, insights, personal stories. So um I did podcast a while back. Um I did a podcast where it was more ex exploring personal stories of just Anyone and I, I had on the show um, police chiefs, cancer survivors, influencers. So it was really fun. But I just uh, I was in that mindset of like, 
how do I monetize this? And I, I just couldn't find a way. So I was like, all right, I'm, I'm not going to do this anymore, even though I had the best conversations. Um, so then uh, I was like, all right, I want to get back into the podcast space, especially as I want to build up, like we talked about that personal brand, you know, providing value to your community. Um, so I love coffee as much as the next person. I drink probably 12 cups. I'm probably already on cup six right now. Um, so I was like, oh yeah, that, that's a, that's a really good topic to focus on. Um, so, uh, and you know, brews can stand for, you know, coffee, tea, something a little bit stronger, which is how we start out every conversation about what their favorite brew is. But it's just a nice laid back conversation. Um, right now, it's it's probably going to be launching sometime the end of February, but we already have about 20 guests lined up. So it's it's definitely gotten a lot bigger than I thought it would be. I was hoping to do a little bit slower, but clearly that's not on the agenda. Um, but it's just a fun time, really, uh, you know, especially with this podcast, just hearing personal stories, um, you know, getting a good understanding of where mindsets are and what, why did this lead to that? And and just hearing some, you know, personal insights that you're not going to read on like a LinkedIn profile page or like a, an X, you know, post. And are you hoping to monetize this podcast or is this just for fun? So firstly, it's for fun. I am having a blast. It's just fun podcasting. It's, it's like a whole experience. It's, it's very cool. Um, and it, it definitely helps with the ego too, you know, like I am, I'm a host on a show. Um, <laughs> but also at the same time, like, yeah, it'd be great to monetize that. It'd be great to subsidize some of those costs because running a podcast, it's expensive. It's, it's definitely not free from, you know, editing it to hosting it to, you know, graphic design and web design. It's, it's a lot, a lot of work. It's like a little side business, but when you can connect it to something you're very, very passionate about and you love and you know, who knows, you know, a future guest could be your next employer or your next client. So it leads to a lot of opportunities along the way. So, you know, even when it's something that costs a bit of money every week, it's, it's worth it in the end. Yeah. One of the things I really love about today is how you can tip people or like buy them a cup of coffee. Like you read a blog and it's like, yes. buy me a cup of coffee. Or I use like, is it Pexels? Like the royalty-free images. And I'm always <laughs> like tipping the people. But that has made such a beautiful system in our world because yes, it's true that if you're passionate about something and you want to be of service of your to your community, that's great. But like you said, the world is becoming more and more challenging to live in as, as I would say, as the capitalist society we live in is about to crumble. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> to topple on top of itself. And so acknowledging that and acknowledging that when you're doing a podcast or you're doing a blog, you're providing value and there should be an exchange of resources, value for value. And mm -hmm. the more that we recognize that, the more that I want to provide you with that value, right? I want to give you money. You want to give me money, right? And we're recognizing that exchange and it becomes sort of more of a healthy pattern of life, in my opinion. Yes, it's all about building that community where there's some sort of exchange. You know, not all the time it's money. You know, maybe it's skills, maybe it's insights, maybe it's career wisdom. Um, so, you know, it doesn't always have to be money. You know, you can, you know, really exchange anything for anything these days, so... Um, I think it's about finding that value, providing it and not expecting something in return. But when you do get something in return, it's always really nice. I love that. It's 
like the olden days we used to barter like potatoes. Yes. Now, now we're barter, <laughs> bartering like website design and social yes. media setup. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So you said that a lot has changed in marketing in 2024. Mm -hmm. What has changed? Uh, so we are just a few weeks in. So hopefully not not too, too much has changed since the last day of December. But there's a lot changing. I mean, people's interests, people's budgets, you know, people's jobs are changing. So I think that, you know, top of mind, generalizing what has changed in marketing, there's a lot of mindsets that have changed from, you know, December going into January, but a lot of technology too. You know, you see AI um, becoming explosive. You see people getting laid off because of AI. You see jobs changing because of AI, some for the better. You know, some are really, really great. We're advancing tools, we're advancing technology and software, but at the same time, we're um, kind of uh, decreasing the value of some jobs because we can automate a lot of stuff. So especially being the, the, in a marketing career, like I'm still a little worried, like, all right, where's my value? Like what can be, you know, fixed with AI that, you know, I, I can't do. So um, it's nerve wracking for sure. But, you know, there there's all new sorts of tech coming out, like Google or Apple's coming out with their new headset. So everyone's going to be clocked into a screen 24 seven. So it's about, you know, how do we adapt our marketing to this new sort of format that's definitely going to be evolving over the next 10 years. Um, and online too, with, you know, um, cookies going away on like Chrome and, you know, you have to rely on Google to say, yep, this is the person I want to target. Like you're getting less control because AI and automation is taking over. So it's a little bit scary. Um, <laughs> I'm sure most people can agree, but um, I think as, as marketers and as people, we're going to walk away for the better because we're going to be able to find um, new industries, new jobs, um, new careers, new ways to market to people. Um, even if it does mean, like we talked about, pivoting, going back and finding new ways to reach people, new ways to target people. And I don't think that's a bad thing. Like, you know, I think things are going to break <laughs> for sure. Uh, as, you know, as much as new technology comes out, things will break. But um, I think we'll we'll walk away okay. Yeah. I'm part of a local entrepreneur group here. And one of the things that comes up over and over again is with technology, we're sort of at this part of the graph where it's increasing exponentially very quickly. Yes. And so it makes it difficult to know, oh, how can I get on that next new trend that's going to be happening? And it's, it's difficult to even understand kind of what's coming down the pipeline because mm -hmm. the pipeline's on full blast. <laughs> and right and kind of, you know, just bowled over by it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's a, it's scary because like so much is changing, but at the same time, it feels like not too, too much is changing in a way. Like uh, it's, it's chaotic. 2024 is going to be chaotic for sure. <laughs> yeah, Keith and I were talking before you logged on and Keith was saying that there's so much that he can do with his business that he almost gets like paralysis because he doesn't know what thing to focus on. Mm -hmm. I mean, do you want to say more about that, Keith? And then, yeah, I want to find out like, what would you suggest? Yeah. I mean, just even, even like the marketing aspect of it, you can just go to YouTube and there's millions of videos giving you all this information. And, and I would find myself 
looking into something and saying, okay, I wanna, I wanna do this. I wanna build a course, whatever. And then thinking about, okay, what, what platform do I use? Um, how professional does it have to be? You know, can I just be in my garage smoking weed while I'm doing it? Is that okay? Um, you, you know, and then how do I market that? And there's just so much information that I'm like that squirrel that that's in front of the car that just like, it doesn't move and just gets nailed, you know? So I end up not doing anything. Um, so like, what would be your tip with narrowing that focus down and, and walking through that, that paralysis that can happen with just the overwhelming amount of information that's out there? Yeah. So this is actually something I was talking to my wife about the other day, because I was kind of dealing with this too. Cause I was like, oh, you know, I see a lot of marketers like productizing what they do and providing resources and other stuff. And I think that's a great way to, you know, grow my own career and uh, business as well. And I, I thought of this, um, I'm not sure if you've watched Tim Robinson's like new Netflix show, but he does this whole like, uh, you know, this is simply too good. How do we make money off this thing? And uh, it's it's so like, you know, I think that a lot of people have a lot of different interests and it's like, well, there's so much to do. How do I make money off this thing? So I think you really have to kind of, you know, charter index everything you want to do you know, find the one that has the you know, maybe the least amount of impact on your life that you have to put resource into, but has um, an explosive benefit to not only your career, but your, your you know, finances, how much you make money and kind of tap into that one and see where that one goes, kind of follow that, that thread. And if it, it works well, great, you can grow it, you can scale, then you can move on to the next thread and grow it and scale it. I definitely, when I started my career, I was like, okay, I got to do everything. I got to do everything. Yes. I got to learn email marketing. I learned content marketing, social media marketing. And, you know, I ended up getting like 20 certifications and I was like, all right, now what, what do I do with this? <laughs> like, this is too much. And I've had like employers that are like, why do you have all these certifications? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> like I just, I just opted in for everything. Um, but, you know, it can be a blessing in disguise. It can really help you out by tapping into all these different interests and all these different ways you can like move and pull your business. But, you know, prioritize what you want to do first and then kind of like slowly tap into all those other areas. Just, you know, uh, create some sort of Gantt chart where you can like time everything out and, and where you want to invest resources and time and money. And, you know, obviously don't overwhelm yourself because I have definitely gone down that road before. Yeah. Do you find yourself having to remind yourself that you enjoy this? And that this is fun and 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 it's not something that is just simply this is my my you know making my money. Yes, this is fun. <laughs> this is very fun. Yeah, I have uh, all over my walls. This is fun. I want to do this. I want to do this. Yeah, I've I've definitely gone through that road before. Um, I've definitely thought of career pivots, like, am I doing what I am supposed to be doing? But most of the time, I just need a break whenever I get in that mindset. I'm like, all right, oh. I am overtaxing myself. I live in Florida, so I'm going to go walk to the beach or I'm going to go drive a half an hour to Disney. And that is why I love that. I uh, I love where I live in Tampa. Um, and I have a lot of coworkers in Boston and I get to tease them and say, oh, well, I can go down to the river today and walk alongside dolphins. Like, this is my life now. So I think you have to to find um, a good balance there because you can overtax yourself and your mind um, can just get into this mindset of like, 
you hate this. Like, you hate this. Like, you don't like this. Like, look at your life. You're spending so much time on this and you're not doing this and that, or you haven't grown to this and that. And I think you just have to give yourself some time and you really have to prioritize your mental health because that's where it's all coming from. You know, if you don't focus on your mental health, if you're just focusing on school and work and work in school and you're up until one o'clock in the morning working on projects or you're checking emails at, you know, 2 a.m. when like you're up in the middle of the night, you know, that's when you notice like, okay, this sucks. Like I got to change something. So it all starts with your mental health there. That, yeah, that helped me out. So that, that that's going to be the biggest takeaway from this entire conversation for me <laughs> because I, I before i before i started the business i got into life coaching specifically for my own mental health i was struggling mm-hmm. after my military time and everything and um and then and i loved it i was like i just wanted to do it day and night and and just learn more about consciousness and the mind and how powerful it is and then when i started the business all of a sudden it became a necessity. I have to do this. I have to do that. And I have to do it all now. Mm-hmm. And I ended up like, I, I don't like this, you know? And then, you know, you could see side hustles everywhere. I'm like, all right, what am I going to do now? Make t-shirts, um, you know, sell crossword puzzles on Amazon, you, you know, something to bring money. So always looking for that pivot because I stopped enjoying what I was doing because my mindset had changed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it can be toxic when you trap yourself in that sort of, because I've done that too. Like I was like, all right, well, I make, you know, X, Y, and Z at my job. I make this much money for my side hustle. Like, all right, let's do this business. Let's do that business. Let's do that business. And you just overtax yourself. Um, And it becomes this like cycle of just getting into this frenzy of like, I have to start this business and I have to do this, that, this, and that. But I think when you slow down and just, you know, breathe and say like, okay, like, what do I really want to focus on? What do I really want to do? Where is the market fit? How do I make money off this thing? You know, you, you can kind of guide yourself in the right direction um, fundamentally and, you know, set yourself up for success. Yeah. And I hear really slow down, right? Just Mm -hmm. slow down enough to take it one step at a time, even if it's coming at you full force the world moves fast enough. Like the least you can do is slow yourself down. Yes. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to ask you a question about tracking effort. I heard you mention, you know, indexes and charts and things like that. And I know for myself with my coaching clients, there is all often a misperception that we have about what we're actually doing. Mm -hmm. And so I'll say to somebody, They'll be like, well, I don't want to do social media. I tried it and it didn't work. Okay, well, what does try it mean to you? And I'll go back and have them actually document that. And then we we realize, okay, let's post three times a week for six months. And then you can say you tried it, right? But I wonder how you manage that and how you manage that with clients. And do you think tracking effort? And so you know, so you're saying, okay, these are the days I'm going to post. I'm going to put a gold star on my calendar, whatever mm-hmm. it is. How important is that to success when you're talking about marketing? Oh, that's so important. Marketing changes a lot very quickly. I'm guilty too of the whole social media thing, totally, because I, I've done that before where like I, I post on social media like once a day for a week and I'm like, oh, 
only got one follower only got like three <laughs> likes and then when I tried for like three months I'm like oh why why is my account exploding why do I have like a 110 percent increase in engagement I'm like all oh, right because I actually did it this time <laughs> but I think it's very important to measure and you know document everything document everything you do so you know what worked, you can scale, you can grow. Um, and what didn't work, you can always make adjustments and retest and pivot back and retest and do sort of stuff like that. So this is not sponsored for Asana, but I use Asana a lot for everything I do. Um, I have a, a wonderful uh, assistant uh, I use for uh, my freelance and side hustles. And she does an amazing job of kind of like documenting everything and putting things into wonderful charts and just gives me peace of mind. So, you know, leveraging some sort of project management tool, even if you're not running a business, maybe it's just for your own personal life and document everything into different projects, especially like little to do's like, oh, get up, meditate, do some yoga, have cereal, like, you know, uh, have breakfast, drink some water, like doing stuff like that is very important because when you're not tracking stuff like that, you like, you just fall off and you, you're not like, did I drink water yesterday? Did I meditate yesterday? Why am I feeling bad? Um, and as much as everything health related is tracked these days, um, I think it's important to track some of those healthy habits so you can, um, you know, live a better life because that's where it all comes down into, you know, uh, making successful habits and just building off of that and, you know, tossing out anything that's negatively impacting you in your life. Yeah. I love that. And I think that gets forgotten. Like you have to be the manager of your own life, right? And management takes time and you have to set aside time to build the little chart, to check mm -hmm. off if you're meditating, to, right? And that management time is important because that's how you get where you want to go. And I think mm -hmm. a lot of people just don't build that time into their lives to be a manager of themselves. And it's hard. I'm horrible at taking care of myself. I am so bad at that, but you really just got to put in the time and the energy because, you know, you'll do it for a week and you'll say, oh, well, that sucked. That didn't work. And then you do it for a month and you're like, oh, I, I feel good. <laughs> yep. That's, that's all about building those habits. <laughs> Okay, so we're getting closer to the end, and I think we should talk about the most important thing. Yes, yes. <laughs> Star Wars. <laughs> of course. <laughs> I even I wore my Star Wars t-shirt today, see? Yeah, oh, yeah. wonderful. I love that. <laughs> yeah, but I, you're the, the per perfect person to, to ask about this, too, because as, as the Obi-Wan of digital marketing, the Jedi master. Um, our, so my first question, um, me and Mindy were like coming up with, with a, a good question for it, but my first, are you like a loyalist for star Wars or do you also go into the star Trek world as well? Yeah. You know, I'm both, I love the new like star Trek TV shows that came out. Um, I think they were wonderful. Um, some of the star Wars TV shows that came out weren't so wonderful. Uh, they were a little bit of a hit and miss, but, uh, you know, I, I, I cover, I cover everything. I, I, I dip my toes into everything. Nice. So uh, the, the biggest question that we came up with was what was the, what was the most pivotal moment in the star Wars um, collection for you? Like, what was the thing that just made you fall in love with the, with the whole series? 
Yeah, I think it was just different, right? Like, it was very, very different than, you know, other movies that were out there and you could just kind of get lost. And there was a lot of, you know, application into your own life, you know, the struggle between what is right and what is wrong. And I think, you know, building that fundamentals into your life is very, very important, um, especially, you know, no matter what age you are, you know, you kind of fall in love with aspects like that, I know. Um, everyone fell in love with Grogu too. I think that was another very essential moment in Star Wars. So yeah. um, <laughs> adding that sort of innocence too is, um, I think everyone can fall in love with that. But um, yeah, it's kind of just escaping and and just, you know, getting out of that work mindset and, and getting into that Star Wars mindset, right? Yes. I love that. I think the world, the world is very square, right? Yeah. Very styrofoamy and if you just live in the world yeah it's understandable why you can get depressed yes, <laughs> right absolutely we, we have to make our own silliness and our own joy and our own escapism right and I just love how you talked about that being one of the most important pieces because in my life play and goofiness is just so important and and I'm a huge fantasy sci-fi, you know, nerd. And I can't imagine what my life would be like without escaping into a book and going to a different place every night, you know, right. it's a gift. It truly is. <laughs> yeah. So I like what you're saying too, where, where you, like you can, you know, if, when work gets too much, you got Disney, right? And I'm, I'm a huge Disney fan. Like, I mean, back when the days of like you had to pay for it to get it on cable instead of just streaming yeah and we could never afford it and then every once in a while like we'd be able to afford it for a couple of months and just like all those movies there i don't know there's just something magical about it you, you're able to tap into this magic that i feel is really out there in the world but we're just conditioned to like like we've been talking about to be that worker instead mm -hmm. of enjoying the magic of life yeah, that, like I said before, Disney's an hour away from where I am. So it's like whenever I get overloaded, I get to, you know, head over to Universal Studios or head over to, uh, you know, Disney. And it's just, it's such a, it's such a breath of fresh air, you know, just getting, getting to escape and getting to, you know, explore a different world. It's, it's really nice. And, you know, it's not just, you know, you don't need to be an hour away from Disney Universal to do that. Like you can find your own your own worlds too on you know whatever is streaming platform or you know i i, I do a lot of lego builds because I, I like you know doing things with my hands so um you know it's finding something that you really enjoy creatively and tapping into that and just letting that build so you can improve your your mental health yeah I, I our show how it, oh go ahead mindy sorry i was just gonna say our show is not sponsored by lego but <laughs> their adult building sets are off the hook they yes. are so amazing absolutely <laughs> yes expensive too yeah oh I yeah absolutely so expensive yeah i was so at the lego store a few like weeks ago and i saw one i was like oh this looks cool it's like six hundred dollars i was like next time then <laughs> So if anybody from Lego is listening, we'll we'll do another podcast, all three of us. Just send yes. send us something to build together. Yeah, we'll go, we'll go Please. over. It. <laughs> yeah, it's such it's such a joke too, because like my family for Christmas time was like, 
what do you need? Like, what do you want? And like, of course, like other family members, like I want socks or I want a sweater. I'm like, can you give me like three Lego kits? Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. My son grew up and I'd get him a Lego kit every year on Christmas. And then he'd spend Christmas day building it. Yeah. He's 20 now. And I tell him like, okay, you either get one Lego or you get several presents because I can afford one of those things. Yes. So you choose now. He still chooses the Lego every time. Of course. Yes. <laughs> I think this has been really awesome conversation. Thank you so much for joining us. It's been so much fun. I'm glad you invited me. Is there anything you want to tell listeners or plug or tell us your website? I mean, we'll put all your stuff in the show notes, but is there anything you'd like to say to our listeners? Yeah, feel free to engage with me on social media. Happy to chat um, about marketing, about business, about life in general. Um, I definitely have quite a bit of experience in in different things. So um, yeah, just go out and do it. Go out and try. Um, There's no wrong answer. There's no wrong path you can go down. Just you know, try things out. I mean, you have, you know, X amount of time here on the earth. So you just gotta find what's right, you know, feel around with different things and and see what makes you happy. Because at the end of the day, all that matters is, you know, how you feel, if you feel fulfilled, your mental health, just making sure that you are feeling good about what you do. Because truly that's, that's the most important thing. Absolutely. So would it, would it be fair to say for anybody looking for you that you are the droid that they are looking for? Yes, I might be. <laughs> Depends on who the person is. But for sure. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the Chasing Thoughts podcast. Please support us by liking, subscribing, or leaving a review or comment. We would really appreciate it. If you'd like to be a guest, we would love to explore life and what it means to be human with you. Please email us at chasingthoughtspodcast at gmail.com.